give me tips, walk me through my own last trip. You got me walking that blues walk, it's time for group talk now. Hi, Goof Nation listeners, and boy, do I have a treat for you today. Let's welcome Sharon Ellers, uh, founder of Grief Reiki, a multi-dimensional approach to grief and loss using emotional recovery, Reiki, and other spirituality-based tools. She's also an advanced grief recovery specialist, a master grief coach, death midwife, and a Reiki master teacher. Sharon help others to recover from grief by providing them with a safe and compassionate and healing environment for their journey. Let's welcome. And hello, Sharon. I'm so happy that you're here today with me um, talking about grief and Reiki and all the things that I love anyway, but it's, I just, I'm just excited that you're on the show. How are you? I'm doing great. And I'm excited too. When you reached out, I thought, yay, this would be a great opportunity to spend more time um, talking to you because I really enjoy you and, and what you're providing, um, at least through your Instagram account. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you could just share with our audience um, your grief journey and just, you know, let them know where you are now. Absolutely. Um, in 2009, my best friend Joy um, died by suicide. She had struggled for years and um, unfortunately, um, died uh, at a time right before the holidays. So that was kind of the start of my grief journey. Um, it made such an impact on me. We spoke every day and, and not having her in my life, you know, just kind of sent me into a tailspin. So I dealt with that or thought I was dealing with that for a few years and um, pretty much I found out I was avoiding it. But um, thought I was dealing with the grief associated with her loss and then my former fiance um, also died by suicide a couple years later so um, that really just sent me to a place of you know just darkness and feeling lost and not knowing what to do and not understanding how I was feeling and all of those good things I mean it just really broke my heart open and then threw it on the 405 freeway out here in Los Angeles and allowed all the cars to just keep driving over and over and over it. And I just didn't know if I'd recover from that. So um, as a result of that, I got myself into a support group. I started researching and reading as much as I could about how to deal with grief um, and try to better understand whether what I was going through was normal or not. Fast forward, um, I found a program that really helped me. I decided I wanted to help other people and start my own company to do that. I formulated Grief Reiki LLC, um, which kind of does a variety of different things, um, mostly grief education, but also I try to weave in the spiritual and physical components of grief. Um, so that has sort of morphed over the last few years into a few different things and I've learned master grief coaching and I've become sort of a, a death doula and that was really as a result of my father's death a couple years ago and um, not really being prepared or knowing what to do as I was watching him unexpectedly from a fall kind of just slowly deteriorate. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it's been a wild ride and it's been up and down and kind of crazy and I'm at a place now where I feel like I have the tools to not only deal with my own grief but hopefully to help others navigate their own grief journeys. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry about your losses, but 
your journey has just been so amazing and it, it just speaks more volumes than the loss. So I, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm sad that you had to go through that, but I'm excited for where you are now. Can you explain the emotion of suicide versus other deaths being a griever that's left behind? Yeah, I, you know, we never compare losses, but I think it's important, especially with suicide, to understand that, you know, a lot of times with suicide, there are not many explanations as to why somebody decides to take their own life. And so, for example, with my friend Joy, we had talked during the day, I had spoken to her husband, um, we had had conversations, and then that evening, actually, while I was praying for her, um, he called and said that she had decided to, you know, take her own life. And so I just had so many questions. And, and I think with suicide, that's one of the most difficult things that people struggle with is I can't ask them why and coming to terms with the fact that we may never know why, you know, because we want to, as, as humans, we want to analyze it and figure it out. It's like, what did I say? What did I do? What didn't I do? What's it, you know, you try to go through your head and try to figure it out. And I think, you know, grief is grief based on the amount that you love that person. So if you look at it that way, um, you know, I grieved for her and my heart was broken. She was my best friend and it just broke me into um, the manner of death is almost secondary. It shouldn't matter because the grief goes with the love that you had for that person. But I think when you can't get answers and you don't know why, that, that just adds an additional turmoil to your life because you can't go back and change anything. So that, that makes it very difficult. I think the intensity of the grief is magnified by the fact that you don't have answers. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree because I just, you, with my story and, and my son, I just didn't understand why, you know, I just, those questions, we constantly ask those whys. And a lot of times that keeps us stuck. Yes. We don't have understanding, um, which any other death would have had some type of, you know, right type of explanation and, and not having that was, um, like you said, it, it'll send you for a tailspin, but we find our way out. Of it. We, we, we found our way. You found your way. Yeah. You eventually get there. And, um, unfortunately for me, it, it took a second suicide for me to actually realize that I needed to go get support and help tried to figure it out myself. So I, I, I would say that um, suicide, suicide loss survivors kind of support groups. I mean, that was really so healing because you could talk about it. I mean, grief is one taboo topic, right? right. And, and then you add suicide, which is another taboo topic, mm -hmm. topic. And so being with a group of people who had experienced similar, um, you know, losses in their life and being able to actually say the word suicide, I think, yeah, kick started me on to my way of, you know, into my journey of healing. It's amazing that you say that because it, you know, at first hearing suicide, it really, it, um, it like, it has something attachment to your heart that you can't release. And it's stuck there until you're able to hear it more. And I had to hear it more, even, right. even preparing to talk to you. I heard it so much till there was in between my couple of days, I had to, you know, go inward spiritually to you know clear whatever feelings I was feeling because I was hearing it a, a lot right. you have to come to terms with it and exactly. once you've come to terms with hearing it and hearing it more now 
it's almost like it makes you an advocate of it. You're absolutely right. And I think with joy, um, my spiritual, I should say my religion, I'm more spiritual than I am religious, but I was brought up as a Catholic. And so not having been exposed to somebody religion in my religion who had died by suicide, I went back to my second grade where the nuns were telling me, you know, telling us that, you know, people go to hell and, you know, all of these yeah. things. And I was just so worried, like, where is she? Is she okay? Is she like wandering the earth and, you know, or stuck in some, some middle place where she yeah. can't, I just didn't understand. And, and rather than getting help, I tried to figure it out and I couldn't. And so with John, I think being around people and realizing and having it validated that, you know, it had nothing to do with us, that we could not have saved them. I mean, it was a decision that they made. And I think remembering their lives versus focusing on their death, um, that became a big priority for me it's, mm -hmm. and, and not trying to play it over and over. So how did your spiritual consciousness change during your transformation? So different. I mean, again, like I said, I was brought up as a Catholic. And so with the deaths, it was just kind of a struggle in the beginning to understand how God fit into all of this. Yeah. Um, but then I stopped, I sort of stopped and I just started to rely on the spiritual side of my life, which has been definitely pretty active only because I think my loved ones have tried to come through yeah. and let me know that they're okay so things would happen with joy like I would see her name everywhere or um, something would happen that would remind me of her and I'm kind of like I remember sitting having lunch with one of my friends and I was looking out the window of this little cafe and on a bicycle I swear on a bicycle my friend Joy had very very blonde hair and she was very very bubbly was a woman who rode by the window on a bicycle with this blonde hair, just like Joy. It looked exactly like her. And the yeah. bike went by the window. And the friend that I was having coffee with that was kind of facing me, she said, oh, my God, what happened? Your face, you just went white. And I said, I, I think she just <laughs> drove by. I mean, I don't know. So, again, it was another reminder yeah. that they're not so far away. And I think that's what saved me as I realized they may be with me still and just in a different form. And so I think my spirituality just took off like a volcano. It just yeah. erupted and changed everything. Is there, um, gosh, you gave me goosebumps. <laughs> um, is there any statistical information that we may not know um, about suicide that is out there that is new? I know you're, you, you're, you deal with a lot of the data part of it. So can you just let my listeners know anything about that? So absolutely. I think the unfortunate thing is that suicide rates have actually gone up over the last few years. We don't have the 2018 statistics yet, but I think over the last couple years, in some states it's gone up maybe 40 to 50, almost 60%, which is heartbreaking. Um, the, and, and I think what I found that was interesting is that the age group for the highest rate of suicide, you know, we tend to think, you know, 20s and 30s, it's actually those people that are in my age group, which is, you know, 55 and older. Yeah. Um, both of my friends were in their 50s. John was 59 and Joy was in her early 50s when she died okay. um, and so I think it says a lot about our generation um, and definitely 
I think from what I was reading that those that are over 75 and older are often making the choice to, um, you know, die by suicide, which, you know, I guess we could kind of analyze why that happens in the later years. It could be due to illness. It could be just due to financial things. Um, But I think the bottom line is, is that the people that are affected by suicide or decide to die by suicide isn't what you think it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just so prevalent. Um, it's so prevalent. The statistics are rising about 130 people die a day by suicide. Um, and I think like you, you become an advocate to try to reach out to people. I've had just clients personally this last year, I've had four clients that were either suicidal grief clients who are either suicidal or had suicidal ideation. And so it was a new, a new um, avenue for me to try to understand and be supportive and know when to get them help and know what to do when I couldn't help them. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's been a very eye-opening journey, definitely. And there's just, it just seems to be on the rise instead of kind of leveling off like it should be. I think that we are, we should be able to team up with, you know, therapies, therapists, excuse me, because we're just on the borderline of the, of the work, you know? So um, just by you saying that, that's just what came to mind for me that um, I think that a lot more of grief sufferers or those that have been a part of the grief world or just coming into the grief world, realizing what the grief world is, um, should like kind of come forward and, and want to learn this work that we're doing so that we can have more of us out there to help coach and help um, understand before that before an individual is getting to become suicidal or dealing with those thoughts, um, how to get help. You know, if there were, I just, I just, I'm just praying for a band of us to come about, a tribe of us to continue to grow because I see this being a connection, filling in the gap, you know, up into, because I've heard often, you often hear people say, oh, I'm not crazy. Um, because if you suggest that they talk to someone, well, that's so much, that's so much misconception about therapists, you know, that Mm -hmm. something has to be some, something's wrong with you or, you know, because most communities aren't taught. I mean, uh, just not communities within itself, just, we all are not taught everything about how to move on during a life, um, experience that is hard or difficult, not, not to say just, you know, someone dying, but just. Um, losing your job or not being able to visit loved ones or, you know, just, it's, it's just so much um, of this part of work that I'm still coming into and trying to understand like yourself. But what I'm so excited, what, I, what happened for me, I just started learning all this spiritual energy healing, which I'm so excited to talk about with you. <laughs> Can you please, 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 please tell us what is Reiki energy healing? Reiki is a Japanese um, energy technique to keep the energy flowing throughout um, your body in a healthy way for good health, relaxation, um, stress reduction. And the funny thing is I found Reiki as a government, federal government employee working in Washington when I just had a really tough day and um, I found Reiki to kind of help me decompress 
And so I really didn't know what it was then. And being an engineer by trade, I'm kind of thinking, oh, this has got to be weird. This is all woo woo or new age. And I don't know if I can get behind it. But if yeah. you do the research and you look into it and quantum physics and other things, you know, scientifically, you know, everything's made up of energy. And, and I think having grieved so heavily, I realized that grief is energy depleting and if you're not replacing the energy you're losing when you're grieving then you can actually work yourself into some very difficult emotional physical and spiritual um, sort of health issues yeah. and I kind of worked myself into close to a heart attack I believe and I think I found that Reiki once I started practicing it and receiving it definitely helped me to stay healthy to a degree because you need stamina in order to get through your grief. And if yeah, you're yeah. totally wiped out, um, so Reiki actually replenished it, uh, replenished the energy that I was losing during grief, and it actually kept open those energy centers that get blocked, especially the heart chakra, yes. where you know grief tends to sit, um, kind of kept the energy moving there. So I, I stopped experiencing all of the chest pain and, and difficulty breathing and all of those kinds of things. So. Wow, I love the way you explained that. Tell us about synchronicity. Synchronicity, um, from the perspective of, of death and dying or just in general. Um, death and dying. Okay. I mean, I'm a firm believer in synchronicity. I just believe that things happen in a way that's meant to be. And so, you know, um, and I don't mean that when it comes to somebody dying and all of that. I mean, after or when you're going through a difficult time or just on your daily daily work like I said I, I I was struggling so so much with joy's death and um, to start with and um, those little reminders those little things where you're thinking about them and something happens or you know the name shows up on the license plate in front of the car that you know you're behind or all of these little synchronistic things I, I really believe that it happens for a purpose and um, it continues it continues um, you know just in your daily life I have things happen all the time like you know it comes into my head that I need to make a left turn and I'm like why well, I make a left turn but if I had made a right turn there was a big accident you know and so it's like oh I'm glad I listened to my intuition so I think these little synchronistic sort of things that pop up in our life um, have a purpose and I tell my kids and you can ever since they were little they'll say it now how I always said, you know, there's no such things as coincidence, that when something happens or you feel a particular way or you've got a gut feeling or something comes into your head to pay attention to it. And I think for me, paying attention to it has saved me because then I'm not fighting, constantly fighting and second guessing and then wondering why I didn't do something when it was in my head all along to go ahead and do it. So Sharon, were you guided to do grief Reiki? How did that come about? I was very stressed out with work. In fact, in order to escape my grief after John died, I overworked myself to the point where I was working too many hours. So I literally went out, I had sort of a bunion on my foot and I literally went out um, for six weeks just to not have to think about anything. And it was a wonderful time for me. I'm very structured. And so each week had a very different topic for me to focus on the first week was just like Netflix you know don't think but then it's like okay if I was really to do a job because 
when somebody dies, you sort of reevaluate all your priorities. And the priorities that I thought were important, I realized after Joy and John died, um, were not working for me like work. And so I thought, well, what could I do? Should I go to school? Da, 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 da. And it just came into my head and I listened. It said, um, you know, create a business. And I thought, well, what kind of business can I create? And then, you know, I went on to legal zoom and, and, um, you know, all of these things and how do you get an LLC? Yeah. And, um, I just prayed about it and I just kind of sat there and said, you know, if I start a business, what would I call it? And that's what came into my head was grief Reiki. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know anything. And I just kind of, um, and then I asked for another sign and I like numbers and I think on the clock there was a three, 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 or I don't know something. And I'm thinking, all right, well, all these signs are telling me I need to do this. And I just, I pushed the button, not really knowing what it was going to turn into that I would kind of create it as I went along. And so, you know, that was scary, but, um, talk about listening to your in intuition. And since then, that's all I do for everything. I try to make sure that if it comes to me, there's a reason that I pay attention to it and that I act upon it based on, you know, sometimes not knowing where it's going to take you. And so is that that trust and faith. So yeah, it's kind of grief breaky, just kind of came out of foot surgery and into my head. And there we go. That was it. So the academy that's on there, can you tell some of our listeners what all is available there? Yeah, what I tried to do is because it's not easy for everybody. And I think some people I know I was in a place where I really wasn't ready to go sit down and talk to somebody, but I wanted to learn. Okay. And so I created the Grief Reiki Academy, which is on Teachable. Um, and I just created a whole bunch of different web webinars, you know, on different topics, you know, um, what it what grief recovery means, how to heal with Reiki, um, just some of the silly myths that are out there about grief, um, um, how to help somebody who's grieving. I call that one beyond the casserole because, you know, everybody brings casseroles to people right. when they're sick, but they don't really do anything else. So it's kind of like giving them some additional steps, you know, how to deal with pet loss, how to help children who are grieving. So kind of an educational platform for people who may not want to actually come in and do a one-on-one -on -one or talk over the phone, but want to learn and have some yeah. tools. Okay. Well, well that is so, I'm so happy. I'm just so excited because once I went to the website, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Can you explain the difference for our listeners as well? Because I'm constantly talking to them, coaching them and telling people or asking people, are they, co are they coachable? So can you explain grief coaching versus grief counseling and why, and why clients should seek for those types of support? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it depends on where you are on your journey. And for some people, you know, being able to go to a grief counselor, I consider myself when I first started to be more of a grief educator, I'm not a licensed therapist or anything, but um, if you just wanna talk about where you're going, what you wanna do, um, what's going on in your life, I think having that conversation is very important and feeling like you're being heard. Um, what I love about grief coaching is that you also are able to give people tools to make decisions for how to move forward on their grief journey um, in ways that work best for them. And I think that's the important thing. You can, everybody grieves differently and our journeys are different. <clears throat> for me, it was helpful to do Reiki. It was helpful to walk. It was helpful to write. Other people don't want to write. You know, they hate writing. They would rather maybe 
um, do some some form of yoga or some other um, activity. So I think the coaching really helps people look at their entire life and what avenues are available and then helps them to, you know, give them the tools to make their own choices about where they want to go on their own grief journey. And that's kind of why I like, you know, I think both are value added. It just depends on where you are in your journey. And for me in the beginning, you know, just being able to talk about it was really all I needed. And that was very helpful. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And so how can we reach you? Um, and just provide, you know, us your social media information so that my grief listeners are able to contact you. Yes, absolutely. I'm Grief Reiki is on most social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and um, also Facebook and Pinterest and all of those good things, LinkedIn. Um, my website is www.grief-reiki.com. And you can always send me an email at Sharon at griefreiki.com. I'm happy to chat with people. If you go to my website, my phone number and all that, you just click a button, all those things make it easy. Cause I know when we're grieving, sometimes it's hard to have to think too much. So hopefully all of those tools are there. Well, thank you so much, but I'm not letting you get off just like that first. I, Cause I okay. have one more good question that I think that every time I'm gonna have a podcast um, guest that they at least let me know some things that they've seen in, in their world, in the grief world that they would like to change or just something that they are really passionate about in it. Can you just share that with us before we go? Yeah, I think what I've really realized, especially this last year, is that one, we don't teach people how to deal with loss as you, as you described. I mean, it doesn't have to be a death. It's just, you know, loss in school, loss any, any kind of loss, loss of a job, you know, moving. And I think that's where people struggle is that we teach people, especially here in Los Angeles, how to acquire things, how to, you know, put on that happy face, but we don't say, well, what do you do if you go bankrupt? What do you do? And that just sends people into a tailspin. So I think getting more education about how to deal with loss, that's one thing. And the second thing would be, I've had many clients struggling also with mental health issues. And I've just seen that the system, at least the system that I've seen is just very broken. And so, you know, being an advocate to help people with mental health issues, give them a venue to go when they don't have a lot of money to be able to get the help that they need and not feel like, you know, they have to wait six or eight weeks to see somebody because it's gotta go through all these, you know, state approvals and everything else i've just watched people struggle with that and it's heartbreaking it's just absolutely heartbreaking wow thank you so much for mentioning that because that's very important um and please grief nation listeners please keep in mind that mental aspect of it and helping each other to find more ways to shed more light on this prevalent issue Uh, once again sharon thank you so much for um, being on the show I'm sending you lots of love and light. Please come see us again. Thank you. Same to you, Miami, and thank you for having me on. Shop at My Night Collections, where all things are decor. And get your bedding, draping, decor wear, event supplies, and more. Click shop and adore at My Night Collection Decors.